Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Tuesday, August 31st, 2021. We continue our catechesis now through uh, 1 Samuel, now in chapter 20. This is continuing the story of Jonathan and David that we started yesterday. Uh, There's a question in the chat about the hymn that you just heard. That was, Oh, How Blessed Are They Whose Toils Are Ended, which is hymn 679 in Lutheran's service book. Um, It's not new to us. It's actually, it's in the Lutheran hymnal. Uh, It's translated from a German text by Henry Longfellow, who you might know, um, famous poet, English poet, English language poet, so to say. Oh. What did I say it was? Oh, how blessed. Uh, How blessed are ye. It was 589 in the Lutheran hymnal, so it was towards the back. Yeah, and it went, Oh, how blessed are ye whose toils are ended, who through death have unto God ascended. Ye have arisen from the cares which keep us still in prison. Yeah, so it's the same text. Um... Yeah, so it was right out of Lutheran hymnal. It was in death and burial section, which is probably why you didn't sing it as often. Uh, it was maybe withheld unless it was uh, uh, like all, uh, a funeral, I suppose. Yeah. So I think they've changed the name of it. Instead of death and burial, it's, it's more, um, I don't know what the section is called in Lutheran hymnal. Yeah, death and burial. The Last Things. It's an unfortunate title for it, because right next to it is another great hymn that I don't recall singing growing up, um, but has been one of my favorites from Lutheran Service Book, which is, In the, in the midst of earthly life, snares of death surround us. What shall, who shall help us in the strife, lest the foe confound us? We sing that one quite a bit. That's Luther's, Luther's uh, hymn. What an interesting section. Yeah, this body in the grave we lay. That's another famous one. Who knows when death may o'ertake me? Him one has eleven stanzas. Yeah, so in Lutheran service book, uh, we'll just look since I said I think they call that section church triumphant. Yeah, instead of death and burial, it's called church triumphant. Well then, yeah, there is no death and burial section. <laughs> Lutheran service book. I think that's probably wise because that's that's the stuff that people are just going to ignore. I mean, there's hope and comfort, which has some of the same hymns. Uh, Trust has some of the same hymns, and of course, Church Triumphant has some of the same hymns. Uh, so nomenclature matters, right? Language matters uh, because you can give the misleading impression of what the purpose of those hymns are just by uh, having the wrong subject heading on them, I guess. All right, so that was 589 in the Lutheran hymnal. Uh, It's really a lovely hymn, isn't it? It's a shame that we weren't singing it, despite it being right there in front of us. All right, let's begin with our devotion. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. 
From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's say our memory verse for this week. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 73, verse 26. We'll say it again. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 73, verse 26. We say our psalm, Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our first reading today is from 1 Timothy chapter 1, now beginning in verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me, because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe in, on him for everlasting life. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, to God, who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected, concerning the faith, having suffered shipwreck, of whom are uh, him Aeneas, and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. There ends the reading. Well, there's quite a bit to say there, of course. Um, This is, of course, Paul writing to Timothy. So Paul is saying um, to Timothy that um, he, Paul, was put into the office of ministry um, by the Lord Jesus, not because of his own virtue, um, but because of um, God's long-suffering and his mercy. and obviously, having chosen a blasphemer, or persecutor, an insolent man, this demonstrates um, the abundant grace of God in Christ Jesus. You're right, I see in the chat, um, there's a couple hymns that take their opening line uh, from this portion of 1 Timothy. So we've got immortal, invisible, God only wise, right here in verse 17. But where's the other one? Right here in verse 15, right? Chief of sinners, though I be. Jesus shed his blood for me, right? Here's Paul calling himself chief of sinners, right? So we have two hymns. 
taken right out of this reading. Um, and then I think probably one of the more controversial things here is the very last verse, which we could talk a moment about, how um, Paul handed over Hymenaeus and Alexander to Satan that they would learn not to blaspheme. Um, this is where this is one of the places where Luther, along really with the the book of Job, but here too, um, where Luther will call the devil or Satan um, God's devil. And I know that sounds controversial to you, but there's nothing in this world that the Lord does not have under His um, authority. Right? Heaven, uh, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus says, right. And that also means that the devil and the demons are still under his authority. Yes, they rebelled against God, um, but even in their rebellion, God uses them for the benefit of faith and life. All right? um, so it's true that sometimes we're tormented, um, we are brought under assault, but it is for the benefit of repentance uh, to the forgiveness of sins, Right, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So you can see how um, the Lord uses um, Satan himself in, in the book of Job, for example, to actually bring, to increase and to strengthen Job's faith and really his trust and resolve um, to ma- remain committed to God, even in the midst of great suffering and loss of everything and the torment of his friends and even his wife. Uh, it's a hard teaching, right? Because it seems as if God is evil then, um, but it's only evil in our own eyes. God is working all things together for our good and for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's not abandoning Hymenaeus and Alexander to unbelief, but rather he is allowing them um, to go off in unbelief for the sake of repentance. All right. Um, there's also the language of warfare, which we might bring up again on Sunday uh, as we continue our warfare topic in Bible class. All right, so we'll leave it at that. Now, the continuation of uh, the story of Jonathan and David here from 1 Samuel now, chapter 20. Then David fled from Naioth and Ramah and went and said to Jonathan, What have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? So Jonathan said to him, By no means, you shall not die. Indeed, my father will do nothing, either great or small, without first telling me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. Then David took an oath again and said, Your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. So Jonathan said to David, Whatever you yourself desire, I will do it for you. And David said to Jonathan, Indeed, tomorrow it is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit with the king to eat, but let me go that I may hide in the field until the third day at evening. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked permission of me that he might run over to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all of the family. If he says thus, it is well, your servant will be safe. But if he is angry, be sure that evil is determined by him. Therefore you shall deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant of the Lord with you. Nevertheless, if there is iniquity in me, kill me yourself, for why should you bring me to your father? But Jonathan said, Far be it from you, for if I knew certainly that evil was determined by my father to come upon you, then would I not tell you? 
Then David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me? Or what if your father answers you roughly? And Jonathan said to David, Come, let us go out into the field. So both of them went out into the field. Then Jonathan said to David, The Lord God of Israel is witness. When I have sounded out my father sometime tomorrow or the third day, and indeed there is good toward David, and I do not send to you and tell you, may the Lord do so and much more to Jonathan. But if it pleases my father to do you evil, then I will report it to you and send you away, that you may go in safety. And the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. And you shall not only show me the kindness of the Lord while I still live, that I may not die, but you shall not cut off your kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord has cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord require it at the hand of David's enemies. Now Jonathan again caused David to vow because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon, and you will be missed because your seat will be empty. And when you have stayed three days, go down quickly and come to the place where you hid on the day of the deed, and remain by the stone Ezel. Then I will shoot three arrows to the side as though I shot at a target. And there I will send a lad saying, Go find the arrows. And if I expressly say to the lad, Look, the arrows are on this side of you. Get them and come. Then as the Lord lives, there is safety for you and no harm. But if I say thus to the young man, Look, the arrows are behind you. Go your way, for the Lord has sent you away. And as the, for the matter which you and I have spoken of, indeed the Lord be between you and me forever. All right. Um, Now you remember what was happening yesterday, hopefully, context, that uh, David had fled to Nioth and Ramah with Samuel, right? And um, Saul had come pursuing him after he had sent his three groups of messengers, right? And even Saul had prophesied naked upon the ground, right? But that does not mean that the danger for David is ended, right? Uh, David fled from Nioth and Ramah and went and said to Jonathan, what? Yeah, what have I done? What is my crime? Um, this is not the, f- the last time that David will uh, make such a claim, right? Was there another time when, because of actual guilt, David must truly speak this way? Yeah, this will come up in 2 Samuel um, 11 and 12, right, when he had Uriah killed. Surely the man who has done this deserves death, he says, um, to um, Nathan, right, the prophet. Hmm. So no guilt now, but he will have guilt later. What does Jonathan's name mean, by the way? This means God has given, or a gift, the gift of God. So um, good friends are a gift from God. Of course, this has to do with the gospel, because the gospel is God's gift, and faith lives always by the gifts, including friends here. Uh, what does it, um, excuse me, what word of the gospel did David hear from Jonathan? Word of gospel. You shall not die. That's the same word that uh, Nathan will speak to him later in 2 Samuel 12. So there's a lot of parallels here from between this story and the story of Nathan, David and Nathan. Um, so what, what should we learn then about the quote-unquote bad things, if you like, like we were talking about with, um, from First Timothy, about the bad things happening to us in our lives? including here, David, the threats to David's life, 
God is using this way of the cross, we might call it, um, to strengthen his faith in Christ, right? In salvation in Christ. What is or was the festival of the new moon? We have that here in verse 5. That is the beginning of the month. Uh, and where was David going to hide? It says here in a field, right? Uh-huh. What is the significance about his hiding until the third day at evening? Verse 5. Third day. That's right. It's pointing us forward to Jesus' resurrection. Uh, what excuse did David ask Jonathan to give to the king? Right here in verse 6. Yeah, that David had to go to Bethlehem, right, to make the yearly sacrifice. Um, and what agreement did David make then with John? Yeah, that he would find out, um, find out what's going on between um, how Saul felt about David. All right, so you can see this especially verses fourteen and fifteen. The what is the promise that um, Jonathan asked of David to make? To not or to show unfailing kindness, kindness, um, eternal kindness to he, both he and his house, his family. Uh, and then, of course, in verse sixteen, Jonathan made the covenant with the house of David, saying, "All right, um, how would David keep this promise to show kindness to Jonathan's family?" Now, this comes up later in Second Samuel nine. Uh, let's see, Second Samuel 9, I've got to type it in the right spot, there we go. Uh, David said, is there anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Right, this is after a great, all the battles um, and the king dying. And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, are you Ziba? He said, yeah, at your service. Then the king said, is there not someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. Yes, paralyzed. And where is he? Uh, Indeed, he is at the house of Machir, the son of Amaliel in Lodebar. And King David sent and brought him into the house are out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. And now, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. And David said, Mephibosheth? He said, yeah, here is your servant, etc. All right. Oh, yes. Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Isn't that beautiful? And David keeps that promise. According to verse 17, how did Jonathan uh, love David? He loved him as himself. Of course, think of um, Jesus in the New Testament. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself, Matthew 22. Um, Where was David to wait? There in the field by the stone. has a name, actually, Ezel. Of course, what's the importance of stones? New Testament, Jesus. Jesus is the stone. And what sign would David give David on the third day? <laughs> he would shoot three arrows. All right? And then there's an indication for David's sake, right? How would Jonathan indicate to David that he could return safely? 
Jonathan would call the boy back to go look for the arrows, right? How would Jonathan indicate that David must flee? Jonathan would tell the boy to look for the arrows farther than the stone, right? Beyond where he was. All right. And then I think this is a key here at the end. Didn't talk about this with the children, but I think it's key for you. Right? According to Jonathan, who sent David away or who will send David away? It's actually the Lord, right? So here, Jonathan is confessing his um, vocation, you know, as God's messenger, as God's servant. All right, meditation on the text. David cried out, and the gift of the gospel was given to him through the mouth of Jonathan. So also Nathan and all pastors of the church will speak the word of life to those who are tormented by death. Jonathan looked to David as the anointed one, just as we are all to look to the anointed one, Christ Jesus, and plead for his mercy at all times. Surely he will be faithful to his promise, which he seals with his own blood when he summons us to his table to eat and to drink. All right, we confess our catechism for this week. First commandment, you shall have no other gods. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Second commandment, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie, or deceive by his name, but call upon it in every trouble. Pray, praise, and give thanks. Let us pray. Lord God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you teach us to trust in you above all things because you are the only true and living God. You love us and provide us with everything that we need for our life and salvation. Forgive us for making gods out of ourselves. Forgive us for trusting in our works, money, pleasures, or anything in this world more than we trust in you. By your forgiveness, teach me to fear, love, and trust in you above all things. For you live and reign, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray on this Tuesday for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord of mercy. We pray on this day in Thanksgiving with Gavin, who celebrates his baptism. Pray for all the households of our church, especially that of Catherine, Alan, Dennis, Neil, Robbie and Lisa, and James. Pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Angie, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, John, and Timothy, Janice, Sandy, Ken, and Kathy. Pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Roy, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey. We pray for all the missions and mercy work of the church in this world, especially the work of Safe Harbor. Pray for the gift of an increase of patience. We pray for all those uh, abandoned, stranded in Afghanistan, uh, especially uh, those women and children that were seeking uh, refuge, exile, and um, who our government refused that the Lord would protect them and keep them safe until they can be safely uh, extracted by those who do care for them. We pray for those who uh, suffered under the effects of Hurricane Ida and those who are, are aiding in the rescue efforts. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the collect for this week. Almighty God, you gave your servant, John the Baptist, to be the forerunner of your son, Jesus Christ, in both his preaching of repentance and his innocent death. Grant that we who have died and risen with Christ in holy baptism may daily repent of our sins, patiently suffer for the sake of the truth, and fearlessly bear witness to his victory over death. 
Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and all evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week. Again, we all believe in one true God.
What a lovely hymn, all right? A great confession of faith and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm also out of breath. All right. Uh, yes, good to see you there in the chat. Grace, Karen, Michael, uh, Don and Karen, Gus and Eileen, thank you for uh, joining us this morning. It is a joy uh, to pray with you. I can go into a little bit more detail um, with you, and I appreciate being able to do that, uh, given that uh, I have many small children in our school, and so uh, it's a little bit more challenging with them. Um, all right. so. Lord, keep you safe, uh, bless you today and always, and uh, keep all those in our world in your prayer, especially those um, in Afghanistan. been following some of those who remain behind enemy lines. They still have electronic communications so they can let us know um, how it's going there, and it's, uh, it's really quite terrible. Um, and the numbers of somewhere between 100 and 200, not accurate. There's quite a few Amer more American citizens there that uh, were not allowed to leave. Um, so keep them in your prayers that they can have safe exit and that uh, the patriots who are working to um, extract them by other means uh, are successful in that. All right, Lord be with you all. Keep you safe. We'll see you again tomorrow.